Amen. Well, good morning, Salem. Uh, so good to see you guys. Fun to be together here. Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I know a lot of people traveling. It's just so good for us to, to, uh, to get everyone together kind of under, under one spot, one hour, and then just to enjoy some lunch uh, together. So if I haven't met you, uh, my name is uh, Seth. I'm one of the pastors here. I'll take that. Thank you. Thanks, bud. All right. <clears throat> We've got a, just a wonderful, wonderful group of people here. And so if you're joining us, uh, just, I, I would love the opportunity to get to know you and just get to know your story. And uh, people are out, uh, out in the front. We'd love to, to get to know you as well. Just a, such a great community of people here. And so we're just excited to see what God is doing and, and where he's taking us and how he is, he is leading us. So today is what we would call, or what we do call, uh, Celebration Sunday. What does that mean? Uh, it means that we kind of take a look back at this last year uh, and think just a little bit more intentionally about really who God is and what he has done in the year. And, and, and certainly over this last year, there's been a lot of things that have brought sorrow and grief and pain, um, which, which begs the question uh, for each of us, if, I mean, it really is this question, have you ever thought about how important it is to celebrate in life? I mean, celebrating is fun, isn't it? I mean, celebrating, I mean, anytime, like, I mean, even just like watching the video, like all those pictures, when I mean, they capture different moments, it makes you think about like what God was doing and, and the conversations that happened. And uh, it really, it feels like a party, you know, and in the background, there's this confetti that's falling in the video. And it really, it just, it just pulls something out of us, right, to celebrate ultimately who God is and, and what he is doing. Um, and so I just wonder, have you ever really thought about the, the depth of the question, why it's so significant and so important that we celebrate in life. Because what happens when we celebrate, here's what's happening, is that we're creating this shared experience um, that together we, we look back upon this past year or past time, right? And we remember everything that has led up to this moment, right? So if you think about like you're selling a, celebrating a, a birthday, um, right, so like our daughter turns four uh, this summer, and last summer we celebrated her third birthday, and that was, and it was all about uh, Minnie Mouse. It was, and it was great, right? And this year it's all about Paw Patrol, right? It's just, it's just the shift, right? And so she grows. There's these things to notice uh, and to celebrate in her life, the way that she uses words and interacts with us, right? But like her legs are just exponentially growing, you know, like she just keeps getting taller and taller. And so there's just fun things to celebrate. Uh, you think about maybe a graduation. Um, you know, we had a lot of students graduate this year, whether from high school or for college. And if you're a parent and your kid is graduating, you, you probably can remember like back to that, that moment, which was the very first day of school. Right, can you picture that in your, in your brain? Like I was thinking about that this week, I was picturing, because I remember this, this picture that my mom used to, that, I, that she kept, and, I, and I was, it's me like going into school, and I don't remember what grade it was, but I was wearing this, this, this goofy shirt, you know, and baggy, baggy like shorts that like you could fit, you know, eight legs in each, you know, pants, you know, and then there's me with my hair, it's just kind of blop, you know, which also just brings remorse and grief to me as I think about how much hair I had uh, back then, and there's this, you know, this buck tooth grin with a backpack that's like just over, like flowing off of my back, you know, and like my little lunch pail, like do, do those things even exist anymore? Like think about how much life has changed, and I was thinking about that in my mind and thinking about how from first day of school to graduation and how when we celebrate, we look back 
back on that time period and think about all that has happened in that time, in that space that's led us to that, right? Maybe we're celebrating summer. You know, you remember the the length and the difficulty of a long winter. Uh, Maybe you're celebrating, because it doesn't happen very often, the twins being in first place in their division. So that's exciting. Way to go, twins. Um, Right, there's some clapping. Yeah, we don't get clapping very often, but we do. It's about the twins winning, so. Um, Or the Vikings or something like that, so. Um, But whatever it's for, right, celebrating is super important to to the human being, to the human soul. Uh, And at the core, at the core of celebration is this idea of remembering. And remembering is a very biblical concept that we see all throughout Scripture, old and new, remembering the past. And if we just think about it just in present tense, right, like we're in Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Memorial Day was established as a reminder to remember, there's that word, to remember all of those who gave their lives in war, right? It's this remembrance. Um, For me, personally, Memorial Day weekend always has a uh, personal significant factor because it's my, it's my birthday, right? Uh, Every, every Memorial um, Day weekend. And so as I think through just all of the different things uh, from even last year to this year, so last year I turned 40, this year I turned 41, and each year I get older, I realize that I'm at the age where, like, I just can't do what I used to do. Like, I wake up and my body just hurts and I haven't even done anything thing, you know, like you get out of bed and you're just like, oh, I'm achy, you know, like, and you think about all that has happened and led, and so there's this remembering factor, and Celebration Sunday then is designed in the same way, as we think back through this last period of time, this last year, and we get to celebrate who God is and what he has ultimately done, both in our people as individuals, but then also what God has done in our, like our collective body of people. And here's something I think this is so important because, and as I was thinking through this this week, right, there's something that celebration does that when we celebrate, it is so intrinsically powerful because it brings this joy out of our being. Like when we celebrate, something is resonating in the midst of my being, right? And it's almost as if I was designed to do this. Which, which is the biblical story, right? You go back to the beginning, and Adam and Eve, as they're created, are designed to reflect the image of the Father, right? And so there's this lifelong, like, instilled purpose, and in the natural being is to glorify and to worship and to praise, ultimately to celebrate, not ourselves, but who God is, right? That's by design. And so when we celebrate, there's something powerful that resonates in the deepest parts of our being because we're doing what we were designed to do. That's very significant, and it's very, very powerful. But here's the thing. So like, you know, like you have this creation story. As sin enters into the world, what happens is, is that now God is not the focus of our story, but it's the person. It's me. It's myself. And so my temptation in life now is to make celebration not about who God is, but it has everything to do with me. And I want to celebrate my accomplishments and my works and and my gifts and the the amazing things that I'm doing. But here's the thing. As soon as we make that shift in our celebration, if our celebration is self-focused, as soon as it shifts from God to me, all of a sudden, what's inside of me becomes hollow again, and it doesn't resonate in the same way, and it's like this emptiness over and over and over because I'm not celebrating who I'm supposed to celebrate. 
It's ultimately and always about our creator, which is most expressed in Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection, and the life that he brings. And so for us, like, when we think about it, there's this story that we would have written, right? Each and every one of us would have written a story, right? And that's the, sto- that's the thing that we want to celebrate. And yet, in order to find celebration in this intrinsically powerful way, we make this shift back from ourselves, ultimately putting it on God and saying, who we're celebrating is not us, who we're celebrating is God, Yahweh, the creator, and we're celebrating the story that he has written and the story that we as individuals and as a collective body get to celebrate and participate in together. And that's what's so powerful about Celebration Sunday because that's our focus and it keeps us humble because our focus is not on ourselves, our focus is on who God is and what he's doing in the world. And so this morning, we wanna take some time just to celebrate um, you know, what God is doing in the lives of individuals but also what it, like celebrating like what God has done in the midst of the ministry collective as a whole. And so I wanna invite uh, Darren and Michelle uh, Khaled, I don't know where they are, here they are. Come on up, you get, yeah, welcome up, here we go. So if you don't know, uh, Darren is a recently elected uh, elder, and so I'm just looking forward to the the privilege of getting to know him better. I've gotten to spend a decent amount of time uh, with him, not nearly as much time with Michelle, but just know that together they are a wonderful couple who who love Jesus, and so we just want to celebrate, you know, and and you guys as individuals kind of celebrate vicariously what God is doing in the midst of your life by even hearing what God is doing uh, in their lives. So um, Welcome. That was awkward. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Happy birthday. I feel like we should be leading in a round of a happy birthday for Seth. Or that something. was on Friday. That was two days ago. That's a whole you're 363 more days now. Well, congratulations yep. on I'm not, not big on celebrating birthdays. <laughs> so, um, but thank you. Thank you. Um, so how long have you guys been at Salem? I didn't put this on my questions, but I figured you would know. Yeah, we didn't study for this one. Um, so we have actually been at Salem. I've been at Salem since the beginning. My parents were one of the small group of people that branched off of Bethel and started Salem. So I was about 10 years old when that happened and uh, went to Salem all my life, except for a couple of years when I was off at of college. When we met and got married, um, we said, you know, we can go anywhere. We don't have to go to Salem. But somehow Salem had a place for us. We got involved in Salem and we never left. So I think we can say for me it's been 41 years and... 27. That's awesome. What a great story. Hey, um, you know, just so that we we can kind of partner with you guys and understand your guys' story, uh, because this lays the foundation for your involvement in ministry, your involvement in church, and even why you're here. Uh, Tell us, uh, how is it that you guys each, as individuals, came to know know Christ? Well, I was very young. Um, I don't, so young, I don't even remember it. Um, I asked my mom one day just how... I could ask Jesus in my heart, and she led me to the Lord. Um, Christian heritage and family and modeling was just taught well in my home and extended family, and I am so grateful for that. Um, There was hardly a morning I remember when I would not walk down the stairs to go shower that my mom was sitting there at the table reading her devotions in the Bible and just praying. Um, KFNW radio was played constantly at our house, so much so that my sister at night would say, hey mom, turn up Chuck, I can't fall asleep. <laughs> and it was Chuck's window all at nine o'clock. Um, at 11, I knew that um, 
Bill Pierce would come on with a trombone, and I should probably be wrapping up my homework by that time. <laughs> um, Cooperstown Bible Camp was a very important part of my life growing up. I looked forward to many, many summers there, going to camp, working there, um, eventually meeting Darren there. He'll tell more about that later. And um, just the friendships that I built there, the growing in the Lord, um, the stretching of my faith to counsel and to work in the kitchen um, was amazing. And also Awana was a big part of my growing up years. And the scripture memory, um, those verses are still running through my head today. All of that, that was poured in in those early Awana years. And I had a very similar story. I grew up in a family where my parents modeled Christ very well. Uh, we were, they were actively involved in both Bethel and then Salem, so we spent a lot of time at church. But more so, they lived out their faith. And I remember being very young. I remember my mom coming home from a woman's Bible study. She was cleaning. I was doing something. I was very young. And I don't remember if I asked her if she, if she brought up the topic, but it was what she had heard at women's Bible study. And it was a, a woman had given a testimony, and her children had chosen not to follow the Lord. And that moved my mom so deeply that as she was sharing that, she started to get emotional and started crying. And I remember at a very young age thinking, this is very important to my mom. Not that I felt pressure, but that this was a passion for my mom. So from that point on, from before that, um, I know that I was probably prayed over for hours and hours and hours by my parents, by my grandparents, um, both the modeling and the praying. When I was five years old, my mom hosted, had used our house to host a five-day club. Um, I was not even in kindergarten yet. We went out to the neighborhood, passed out brochures, invited all the older kids, you know, the first through sixth graders. They came over every day. And that Friday, the, I got to sit in because it was my house. So even though I wasn't old enough, I got to sit in and listen to the stories. And uh, that Friday, the, the teacher said, if anybody here would like to accept Christ as your Savior, if you haven't done that, then stay after. And I stayed after, and it was on her piano bench in my living room. That's when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I recognized that I was sinful, that the only way to get to heaven was by doing that. So that was when I was five, very young, but I understood that. Again, when I was a sophomore in high school, I rededicated my life at a youth conference, um, was baptized in college, but uh, it all started at a very young age in a, in a very Christ-centered family. It sounds like um, for both of you guys' stories, the families were an important part in those rhythms and seeing that modeled and exampled by, uh, by your family. And that's not always the same with every story, right? Every story is unique and different, and we see that in different ways, but, but love the way that, that the gospel is expressed and shown to you guys. And, and uh, so if anybody here has questions about what that means, I just would love to, to chat with you and talk with you guys afterwards as well. So, hey, tell us, um, you know, next, next level funness, how did you guys meet? Uh, because I think this is a great story. Yeah, so we met at Cooperstown Bridal Camp, um, Bible Camp, so, excuse me. Um, we, uh, it was my senior year, I was 18, Michelle was 15, I went to camp for half a week, and, uh, and this girl, this really cute girl, caught my attention when I got there. And at the end, it, it was kind of the, the tradition that every Friday at camp there would be a banquet, so you weren't pressured, but you could invite someone. And so I saw this really cute girl, had my kind of eye on her, and then on Thursday night, we uh, played this game called Lincoln around the flagpole in this big open area. For those who don't know, Lincoln is you form a big circle, everybody pairs up, so you're holding arms, and then one person is it, and they're chasing someone. That person links up to someone, the person on the other side takes off because now they're going to get caught, they have to run, so it's this constant game of linking up to people. So I'm no dummy. I race <laughs> over, I, I find right where Michelle is. And when I'm about to take off running, someone links off, I head right across the circle, link up to Michelle, and I'm very coy about it. You know, it's, 
Um, my name is Darren, what's your name? Michelle asked some great questions. She told me it was from Hillsboro. I said, where's Hillsboro? <laughs> so I was, I was feeling pretty good about this. So all this was leading someplace, of course. My question eventually got to, as I got to know her a little more over the course of the five minutes, it was, uh, you know, are you going to the bank with anybody? Nope, I'm not. I said, oh, would you? And at that moment, my counselor linked up to me, and there went Michelle off across the circle. <laughs> and I ran right to Jill Henderson and said, this crazy guy asked me to the banquet. <laughs> and my counselor looks up at me. I'm pretty new to camp. And he looks up and he goes, so, Darren, how's your week going? I said, well, it was going pretty good until <laughs> you linked off my date to the banquet. Well, long story short, I ended up reconnecting the next day and in a little more casual, a little more humble manner. Um, asked if she'd go to the banquet, and I don't know, by the grace of God, some reason she said yes, and uh, that was the start of many years. That's awesome. What a great story. Love, my favorite line is you started, you said, I'm no dummy. You know, that's just great. So, um, you guys have been married for how long? 28 years, going on 29. 28 years. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, it's easy to see um, is that you guys have a family that, that loves each other and that loves Jesus. What are some of the things that you guys do uh, in the midst of your family to really promote, uh, yeah, Jesus and, and healthy Jesus rhythms? Um, our kids were involved with ministry just early on. There wasn't, um, we started in our youth, in youth ministry like the year after we were married, and Brenna was born shortly thereafter, our oldest, and she would just come with us um, to youth functions and hang out with the kids. Um, Nicole, our middle, was literally born into youth ministry. She was um, born on a Wednesday, and that Wednesday was senior celebration, um, and Darren had been working on this massive skit with Phil Brown, the current youth pastor, and he was like, what? Why did it have to be Wednesday that she was born? I'm looking forward to this night. And, Thankfully, Nicole was born by like 4.15, and an hour later, I looked at Darren and said, um, you need to go. <laughs> so uh, Nicole was born into that. Micah, I was having contractions the, in, on a Tuesday in Kent's office. I remember talking to Kent and Steve Strzok and going, I think I need to go home right now. <laughs> so, and they were just involved from day one, um, serving with us, serving alongside of us. The kids would come with as I worked as a youth admin in Kent's office and just enjoy um, ministry with us. They saw it, it modeled and they um, enjoyed Sunday school and um, youth group, yeah. Yeah, and maybe two other things. Uh, one is just in your daily rhythms. It's about living out your faith in front of your kids and inviting them to join you in that. Mm. Um, and then there's the little quirky things that come up. The kids were very young. I don't know how we started this, but instead of when they left or when I dropped them off at school, instead of saying, have a great day, I would often say, whose are you? And their answer was God's. And they learned that and responded. And now it's a thing that we do even to today from if you're going out to work, if you're you know, going to bed, um, sometimes I'll text them since they're not always at home. I'll just text them in the morning and say, hey, whose are you? Just that constant reminder that you belong to God. And, uh, and then we take it a step further. On days of big tests, it's whose are you? They say God's. I said, well, even when you got a big statistics test, the answer is yes, especially when I got a big statistics <laughs> test, you know, or even on the days when you're not feeling really well, even when you're tired, and the answer is always yes, I'm God's, and that's been a constant reminder. And the other thing that's been very important to our family has been prayer, um, and it's, uh, uh, for example, before we go on a, on a big road trip, uh, we'll pray in the driveway and ask God to join us. Before we go on a hunting or fishing adventure, backpacking, whatever adventure we're going on, it's prayer. Um, Around the, around the table, our prayers get kind of long now because the kids are all off doing different things. There's a lot of stuff to pray about. But what's been fun is for the kids to see that. Um, but also, I was just telling Michelle this, this morning that 
it's been fun for me that as a parent, you start that model. You start modeling, asking God to join you in the car, in the field, in the boat, wherever you're at. Um, but then as the kids get older, you ask the kids to pray, and they've learned how to do that. And so sometimes I still pray, but a lot of times one of the kids will be praying. But it's a constant reminder that God is with us, and he's always with us. He never leaves us, and we want him to be with us wherever we're at. Mm. Yeah, so good. Thanks, guys. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I mean, I haven't gotten, like I said this earlier, I haven't gotten a ton of time with Michelle, but from what I've seen of Michelle, it's the same what's true uh, of her is true of you. And as I've spent time with, with Darren, I hear him just naturally having conversations about Jesus everywhere, everywhere we go, uh, and with, with myself and with other people. And so I just, I think that there's, there's obviously, when it happens in that setting, it happens in, in all, of the, all of those settings, and it's so neat, so neat to see. So um, as we've kind of like lead up to this, and just in terms of celebrating what God has been doing this last year in the lives of individuals, um, what's something that God has been doing uh, or teaching you guys uh, what, as individuals, collectively, whatever that is, uh, over, over the course of this last year? Yeah, what is there to celebrate? Yeah, so this is interesting because, of course, Seth gave us a question in advance. So we compared notes after we'd each thought about them, and we both came to the exact same conclusion, almost word perfect on this one. Hmm. And the celebration for us has been now fast forward. The kids are now out of the house. And uh, um, just a quick um, information where they're all at. So our oldest daughter is married. They're in Tallahassee. She's attending Florida State for a doctorate. She married a great guy, a very godly man. And so they're off and she's learning about leadership in her program and, and they're getting involved in a new church. Very excited about that. And, and just seeing their life as a mission, how can they serve in the mission field through what they're doing, through their work, through their relationships, through their friendships in Tallahassee. That's been super exciting to watch that maturing process happen. Then our daughter Nicole is at the University of Northwestern in St. Paul. She'll graduate next Christmas. She has a real desire and nurturing for kids. She's always had that, you know, from her youngest years, praying that she could, you know, she'd work in the nursery as she's 12 years old, and she's praying that there'd be no adults so she can spend more time holding the babies. And I uh, had to apologize for Tom for praying out all his volunteers, but um, she's always had that, that nurturing spirit in, in watching her grow, watching her faith develop. Is, uh, it's been amazing over three years. Mm. So um, she'll be going to Nicaragua this summer. That was very big on her heart, a place she mm. wanted to spend time. So... Um, that's been amazing. Then our youngest son just uh, moved out, out of the house last fall to go to Montana State University. And there again, that, that launching point is so critical. You know, the kids make their own decisions. They choose what they get involved with. Watching the decisions he made was amazing. It was fun to see him go off, get busy, but then get involved in crew, spend his spring break in Salt Lake City going on campuses ministering. That's a big step of faith, big step out. So for us, the celebration has just been where the kids are at um, where they're at, the decisions are making, but the fact that they're choosing to follow Christ. Mm. You, uh, there's no guarantees. We don't have a, a magic playbook, a secret sauce that's, that's come about. We know that may not be the experience of everyone here. Some people have had where your, your children have chosen not to follow Christ. And, uh, and I don't have great advice other than you keep praying and you keep modeling. Um, but in our case, God's grace was extended in a huge manner. And we're so proud of, of where the kids are at, what they're doing, the decisions they're making. They're still gods, and, uh, and that's amazing as parents to be in that boat. And then we're celebrating the empty nest, which uh, has been very fun. It's been very quiet, very different rhythms and a very different pace, but uh, that's been fun for us. And then it makes Christmas. It makes uh, last week, last couple of weeks, all the kids came home. It makes those as a parent just all the more cherished memories to have everybody back together, enjoying each other's company, and then interacting as like a whole bunch of adults, like a bunch of little adults. And for when the kids are very small, there are some days where you're pulling your hair out, you don't know how you make it through it, 
hang in there because it, it kind of boomerangs and someday when the kids mm. come back, it's just a very, very huge blessing. Mm. You, uh, you really just affirmed, I mean, really everything that I said earlier, you know, in terms about celebrating when we, the celebrating God and his story versus celebrating us and our story. Everything that you just said was, was about, not about what we do as parents. It's just, gosh, this is the way that God has gripped and gotten a hold of the hearts of our kids and, and the way that he, I just, I love that. It's such a great example. So, well, and um, I was thinking that you could do a sermon series, about a two month series on all the mistakes that Kellogg made. That would take a lot longer than one interview. <laughs> and uh, it would probably be very interesting because we're not perfect. And, uh, yeah. and it's all God's grace that has done that in yeah. our lives. Well, selfishly, I'm glad that, uh, I mean, I know that uh, your kids, it's, it's great for your kids to be off on their own, but selfishly, I'm, I'm glad because uh, it allows me more access to you. So as an elder, and also Darren came out of retirement to join our softball team. So that's exciting to me, you know, like it's the small things that we celebrate in life too, right? Not just all the big things. So, hey, what, uh, as we wrap up this time, last question, um, what is, you know, what would be an encouragement from, from Darren and Michelle, from the Khalids to the rest of our church? Uh, moving into this next this next season. Yeah, again, this is a tough one because there's so much. Um, but uh, just you know, given one minute, what's the encouragement? I've been reading through uh, some of the letters that Paul has written to the churches, and so much stuck out there. Just the personal, the, how personal that is. And and when you reflect back on our story, um, where our kids have been, where we started, it's just like a giant boomerang that uh, our our story started with our parents modeling Christ and us getting involved in church and God grabbing us and grabbing our lives wherever we're at, being a mission field, um, extending that to living our lives in front of our kids and now our kids making wise decisions. And that thread is kind of throughout. But the other thread you hear is that church involvement and being part of Salem. Salem has meant so much to us. It's been our, our family, our extended family for years. And, uh, and we've done our growing through Salem and through the people of Salem. So. Um, when I really settled in, uh, I chose a, a couple verses out of Philippians where Paul's writing to the church in Philippi. And when I read it, I read it again, I read it again, I read it again. I thought this is the message from us to you. It's also interesting because it's been our message to each other. Since Michelle and I have met, I think our first letters, we would sign this at the bottom of the letter under our name. We'd put Philippians uh, 3 through 6. And so this is our, our encouragement to Salem. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Awesome. Amen. Hey, would you guys just thank God with me through them? Well, thanks, Darren and Michelle. Uh, I just want to pull a couple of quick things uh, together here. You know, we said we started with this idea uh, that we want to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of individuals, right? That is, in, that is true because um, we don't want to just celebrate who Salem is collectively. Like, you guys have unique roles and stories in the kingdom that, that God is working in you and through you in powerful ways. And so that's what their story really represents. But there's also this, this collective sense of celebration in who God God is and how he's working in and through the larger body of Salem. And so God is doing a work, right? He is opening up doors. He's been doing incredible, amazing things over this last year. And I wish we could list them all off. But when I think about all that God is doing in kids' ministry, right? Um, when I think about all that God is doing in the students, right? In, in the youth ministry, everything, all these deep conversations and life struggles that are happening in life groups, adult Sunday school classes, people who are engaging uh, God's word in deeper 
in practical ways. There's outreach and missions. We've got Team Boaz and, and, uh, and all these groups and all these different things and people uh, that are working together collectively uh, in which the gospel is at the center of that. And so I just, I just want you to know that we see you, we thank you, and we rejoice in what God uh, is doing. Uh, and I want to just say a special thank you um, to our online audience as well um, who don't have the opportunity to be able to be here uh, every week. And so we just want to say thank you to you. We acknowledge that you're there and that you are a part of this, of this group of people as well. Um, and would you join me? So if you're a volunteer, uh, you don't need to raise your hand because that's, you know, that's not where we're, we're not trying to spotlight that. But if you're a volunteer uh, in any of those ministries, I want to say a special thank you to you. Because when we think about volunteerism, we're not just talking about people showing up and, and filling in the, like the gaps or they need help here or help here. It's about people who are showing up into the lives of other people who are willing to, to embrace the struggle of life and say, let's follow Jesus together. And then what we're celebrating is the life transformation that God does in and through people. And so I want to say thank you uh, to you as well. And then one final thank you uh, to all of our sound, audio, and video uh, people. Can we just say thank you to them who are behind the scenes? Yep. <clears throat> They show up week in and week out and are behind the scenes, and, and they help Sundays and Wednesdays and all those things happen. Um, but God is doing a work behind all of those stories in the midst of our church. And here's, I just want to read this, the rest of this passage, because uh, what Darren brought up in Philippians 1, 3 through 6 is actually the exact same passage that I was leaning towards. So I just want to pick it up in verse 7 and read this to you guys. Okay, here's what he says. Well, it starts with this confidence, right? He says in verse 6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ, right? There's this partnership in the gospel that exists uh, throughout our body, this fellowship, this, this community of people who are focused on the gospel and together are linking arms. And Paul's expression is that God is doing an amazing work in you and through you. And I have no doubt that God will continue to do that, that he will bring it to completion, right? But here's what I, here's how I love how he ends, here's how he ends this, right? Uh, he says, for God is my witness, in verse 8, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we wrap up uh, this time, as we think uh, about the greatness of who you are, as we think about the idea of celebrating the goodness of God, Lord, I pray that, that our celebration, our joy, that we would be overflowing with joy, celebrating the goodness of who you are, and it's about the story that you are writing, and the way that we get to participate uh, as, as kingdom workers, right, uh, as missionaries in the midst of that, Lord, that we get to celebrate uh, who you are and what you're doing both in us and through us as individuals and as, collect, and as collection of people, this, this body, this fellowship. And Lord, as I think about how this passage ends, I just, I say this is where my heart resonates. I know that I'm in a very different place than Paul, but I can say with confidence on my own part that I yearn for people here in our church. 
And I yearn for people here in our community to, to know God and to love God deeply and that my prayer for each of us is that, that that would be happening, but more and more and more and more, that it continues to move forward from this day. Lord, we love you and we celebrate you. In your name we pray, amen.